Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is uh, Jonathan with an Investor's Journey. Finally was able to get the ever-busy John Barr, the other half of Prime Homes, in here. Like we tell you, this is an Investor's Journey. We go through this shit. This is not guru training. This is everything that we're going through as we're growing our business. So what we wanted to share with you today was a recent experience we had with one of our contractors that turned out to not be so pleasant as many people make it seem. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce John Barr and have him kind of kick off what happened with this guy, what were we looking at, and the problem with it. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Uh, like John said, this last week, we had a bit of an issue with a contractor that is very common in the industry, but most people, I don't think, understand how to properly handle that transaction. So what the base of it, what happened is we had a guy that we needed to fill some mortar gaps on one of our properties. Well, some things happened to where the contractor got referred and made it through some fail safes on that end. And then by the time it got to me, uh, this contractor called me and I was getting ready to leave town and inspection got scheduled five days sooner, or sooner than what we anticipated. And the contractor kind of knew that, hey, we were on a short time frame and upcharged the work. Um, and he wanted to charge a price that, I, I mean, I don't think it was by any means reasonable, but for given the situation, I agreed with it. I was leaving town. The inspection was in less than 24 hours and I just had to get it done. So neat. First now, mistake. Now keep in mind that this inspection is for a property that's currently active. So we listed this property for sale. Um, this property is on the market. An offer came in. Somebody's interested in buying it. And that's the inspection that John's referring to. So this is an inspection for a buyer that's looking to purchase this house. Correct. And we just had some minor repairs that we wanted to get finished before the inspection. Um, and so the first thing that didn't happen was neither one of us discussed who and when somebody was going to get paid. So he was under the impression, which caused a problem, that I was going to pay him that day, which is a Friday afternoon when he was done with work. I was leaving town and I never told him, hey, I'm leaving town, get this work done, I'll drive through on Monday, inspect it, and get you paid. Well, no, nobody said anything. So he called and talked to me on the phone. He, I told him what I wanted done over the phone, which... Mistake number two, but there was really no other way around it. It seemed like at the time, going back, I would have definitely not done it this way. But I told him over the phone what I wanted done. It was like we just wanted some grout lines repaired on the house. So he wound up going ahead and doing the repairs uh, and texting me when I was on a little vacation away saying, Hey, I'm done. Can you meet me? And I just responded saying, Hey, I'm out of town this weekend. I'll get with you on Monday to get you paid. Well, he just immediately blew up, dropped some F-bombs and said, that's BS. I am going to go just bust that stuff out. And to me, with an inspection coming up in, at this point, 16 hours away, I can't have him go over there with a sledgehammer and bar bar start busting mortar grout lines out. Um, so I kind of freak out a little bit, kind of work around the situation, and Jonathan winds up going and paying the guy to make it... Uh, go through to get it done to make sure he doesn't go damage the property again. That would be the worst thing right before the inspection and the guy kind of took advantage that he knew that. So 
getting paid, everything's fine, everything works. Well, by the time Friday night came around and after the check had been written to the guy, I did not get a good feeling about it. So first thing Monday morning is I issued a stop payment on that check through the bank because I just didn't feel right paying that guy that amount of money uh, the first time I worked with him to having him blow up that way and say the things that he said and the way the situation got handled up until that point. I didn't get a warm fuzzy about it to release that money to him because if something wasn't done right, then I was going to be stuck with the bag. So come Monday morning, the bank called and some things that John and I didn't understand of how the bank went about uh, releasing payments. They said the only way to release payment is to go send them an email saying we want you to release this payment or to go through the online portal and release it the same way that I had stopped it. That's what they told us. Well, when in fact there's miscommunication there when they say one of the authorizers of the bank can say to release it, we're going to release it. And that in fact happened. So this guy, even though I had replaced a stop payment, wound up getting paid Monday morning. Well, Monday afternoon when I went by and looked at the property, I was extremely happy that I had replaced that stop payment like I thought I had because the work was by no means what I wanted, to, wanted it to be. It, it was completely didn't do half the stuff that I thought that I had told him um, and did it to a very subpar level, especially for the price that was paid. So come today, when I find out and talk to the bank that they, he had indeed been paid, I realized like, hey, this guy's been paid. It's coming out of my bank account. Um, I need you to go ahead and uh, go back and fix this work. So I go over there and talk to this guy, and first time I've met him, John had met him one time before. Uh, so he walks up, and I tell him, say, hey, I'm the one that issued that stop payment on the, that check that I know you wound up getting released. Uh, I want to talk to you about that because that is not what I told you to do. He realized that we were going to have an altercation. There's a lingo in construction that a lot of people I don't think realize. Like every industry has a lingo. Professionals have it in the doctors. They have it in lawyers. They have it in every other profession. There's a certain way you talk to certain people. And I don't think people understand. They consider construction a very rude, grotesque egos. You got to puff your chest, say, screw you, I'm going to sue you to kind of get things done, which that isn't the case at all. Uh, this guy was a concrete worker by trade, and that's what I grew up doing, so I've understood this, and I've been in construction long enough, I've run into this personality a lot, and it's very common, uh, to where once things started getting back and forth, we were yelling back and forth at each other, um, We, I just kind of stopped the conversation. He's like, you know what, I'm going to walk over here and just walk away because there's no way to talk through this with that kind of personality. It's only going to get escalated and get worse and worse and worse. So we kind of stopped. I let him go talk with our other contractor, do what he needed to do, waited about 10, 15 minutes uh, for things to cool down, uh, and I kind of planned it out this way, and I just kind of asked him, said, hey, not trying to embarrass him in front of anybody, just kind of nudging the sides, like, hey, why don't you come over here and let's have another chat. Uh, and the first thing I said, hey, I want to apologize. Uh, I wasn't trying to confront you. I wasn't trying to uh, insult you in any way. And he apologized right away too and said, yeah, I know I'm a bit of a hothead. I, I don't want to end it that way. Uh, I said, I don't either. Uh, let me explain to you 
what I needed done and why I needed it done. Because what he wanted to do was rip all the brick out and rebuild this entire wall, which doesn't need to be done. I just wanted the grout lines repaired, but he didn't want to do it that way. So he fixed it in a different way and saw me as being very cheap. So he fixed it in a cheap way. But when I went through and explained why I wanted it done that certain way, he understood what I was then wanting and why I was wanting it done that way. And so at this point, I realized I had already paid him. He was already pissed and was not going to go out there for free and fix the work that he had already done and redo it. So I realized there's nothing more that I can do to this point like because I'm not going to be able to force this guy to do anything because that's just the type of personality. And if for a smaller amount of money to try to put a judgment, to get attorneys involved, it's, it's not worth it. So what I realized, all I'm trying to get him to do is see what he would give me at this point. So... I just kind of told him, I apologize. Uh, the only thing is, like, I did pay you for a job. I'm not happy with the work completed. But if I get flagged on an inspection report for this, the work that was done, he came, then he came back and said, look, listen, I'm a man of my word, and I prided myself in my work, which is why I was irritated that I was being asked to do something cheaper than what I wanted to do. I should have done it right. I apologize. But if, in fact, you're inspection comes back and my work does get flagged, I will go back out there at no charge and fix it right. And at that point, I realized like, hey, that's the best I'm going to get. Now, whether he follows through with that or not, it's yet to be determined because we haven't asked that. But I know if I would have just left at that first conversation and him and I just puffing up our egos and arguing with each other, that wasn't going to end well for anybody and I would have no chance of getting any additional work out of this guy ever again. Because who knows? He might actually turn out to be a decent contractor. And decent contractors are very hard to come by at this point. Where you have to handle the conversation and use a little bit of that EQ to understand and control your emotions to get work done the way it needs to be done in a fashion that uh, works for everybody that's on budget, on time, and uh, cost, uh, essentially. So if I would have just handled that from the beginning and just got irritated, angry, and tried to force him to do the work, we probably wouldn't have got the work done at all. But at least I got him to agree and admit if there's a problem with the work that he has done and it does get flagged, then he will go back out there and fix the work and do it the way that it should have been done from the start for no additional cost, which would probably break about to the cost of what we paid him to do it. So hindsight being twenty twenty, like it is, Knowing what you know, how would you have handled this differently from the get-go to avoid all these problems and issues with the guy? The first thing, I mean, communication is, is a huge key. And there's a lot of miscommunication between John and I, myself and this contractor, between me and this other contractor that referred him to us, is where there's a communication breakdown from a lot of people. Um, so... What I would have done from the very beginning is I wouldn't, shouldn't have been so hasty to agree to a certain price without making sure he understood where I say, hey, you know what, you're there, take a picture of the wall and let me talk you through what it is that you want me to do and then ask him to recite it to me and ask at the method he was going to use to fix it because that's another thing I was expecting him to use a different method that he didn't do and I wasn't happy with what method he did use. So 
from the beginning, I would have definitely communicated a lot more from uh, between myself, between Jonathan, between their contractor, between him, making sure everybody was clear, and then document. Because at this point, there was no contract, which would have came down. That's why it came down to the he said, I said, no, you didn't. You're a liar. You're calling me a liar. And that's when egos really started getting flared. They're really kind of documents saying, hey, after this conversation, text. Uh, that's something I learned in the corporate world when I was working large-scale construction is like even after a conversation you have with anybody else, why there isn't room to – doesn't seem to be in room to misinterpret, there is. Always follow up with an email. And I should have followed up with a text message saying, hey, the corner of that, I need the mortars fixed there. I need the mortar fixed above this section and accommodate it with a picture. Because nowadays with these iPhones, I can have a picture in my phone, in my hand, and I can edit it and draw circles around areas that I want fixed. Uh, so that's what I would have done differently and, uh, from the get-go is really better communication and better documentation. So one of the things that I covered in a scope of work on a previous podcast is the biggest issue we face in construction is assuming. Assuming that the contractor understands what you're thinking, assuming that they know how to do the job, assuming that everything is being understood the right way. So assumptions are always a big kick in the ass. Uh, you, you can never assume anything. It's always better to double check. There's a lot of times with contractors where we're telling them you're going to do this, right? And they kind of look at you like, this isn't my first time doing this job. And it's funny, but it also happens a lot where if you don't clarify, maybe they are, they really aren't planning on doing that. Like we never assumed that this guy that does masonry for a living would go and decide to put caulk on freaking mortar cracks smear it with his finger, leave a mess everywhere, and call it good. I mean, 15 minutes worth of work, and he charges $600 for it. Uh, it's, you know, it, it was, nobody would have thought that. But, again, you got to not assume. And then that's, the, the, like you said, how I would have looked at it from the beginning is communication, but I also I realized there's a couple lessons here, is communicate, document from the start so they don't get in the situation. But if you do get in a that situation, the best thing you can do is not try to puff your chest and say, oh, I'm going to say you're going to do this, I'm going to sue you, and stuff like that. Because if you don't have con a contract, I mean, the lawyers are the only ones that are going to win in that situation. Uh, and it's, it's more headache, and you might as well just chalk it up a loss at this point. But a lot of times with these, these older guys, uh, old school construction guys, I mean, they're hotheads. And they'll admit it to you, uh, just like this gentleman did uh, to me. So if you, you kind of pop your chest a little bit, you kind of you get into a heated altercation, just say, man, you know what? I'm going to go over here. It's like, I don't like how this ended. We need to talk about this later. Like walk away, go do something else for a little bit, and then come back to it and then say, hey, swallow the ego, apologize, saying, hey, I'm sorry. I did not mean to come at that way. Um, but this is why I am a little irritated. And it's like, I don't want to have bad relationships my whole business is built on relationships just like his. And the reason he threw a fit on Friday when I said I couldn't pay him until Monday, he's like, that's bullshit. He's like, because there's a lot of times I have people told me, hey, I'll pay you the next day. And they don't pay me, they don't pay me, they don't pay me, and I'm out three, four grand. And I immediately rebuttal back, 
But look at it from my end. I don't know you. I don't know your work because the situation now, I'm not happy with the work completed. It's like I paid you and now am I ever going to get you back out there to complete the job the right way? So I was like, that's why I don't like paying my contractors up front for anything more than material unless I know them and who they are and they have some skin in the game uh, a little bit that way. So that's another thing you can take away from this is how to handle those altercations because you're going to, especially in construction and if you're in real estate investing, you're going to run into contractors all the time. You're going to run into those, those personalities a lot. And I mean, I think it does translate into a lot of industries where if you can be the bigger person, swallow the ego and say, look, I'm sorry, apologize, even though you don't want to do it anyways. And you're going to do a lot better in the end because I mean, humans, human nature isn't to argue with every single person. Some people are, but most people aren't, even though they might seem that way at first. So just kind of break it down, keep a cool head, say, I'm not happy with this. Express you're not happy. And if it gets hot, stop the conversation, cool down for a little bit and address it again. Cause usually people aren't wanting to screw people over constantly because they know that's if they're in business for an extended period of time. You're not going to sustain that way. All right. So there you have it. This is why we call it an investor's journey. This is not, again, we're not teaching anything. We're sharing real time what we go through in and out as we renovate, as we do what we do in, in real estate investing, dealing with people. So we hope that these lessons are helping you guys out where you guys are kind of picking up some things to do, things not to do, and kind of just getting some ideas based on our experience. So you heard it here. You've Finally got to hear John on one of these. Um, he'll be doing a couple more now. And stay tuned for the next podcast. Thanks, guys.